Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. That's right, boys and girls. You know where you are. You should know who this is. And if you don't, my name is Tyler Sheff, and I'm the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And this week, we're going to talk about why airplanes don't have rear view mirrors. And that's what we're going to start with today. And I want to talk about looking behind you, looking in the past, not taking massive action, not taking steps, and how that holds us back. I'm going to give you guys some tips for how to look forward and how to get more stuff done this year. Because after all, you guys know it's going to be a wild ride where if, if you're focused and you're paying attention, you have in front of you an incredible opportunity. One of the largest transfers of wealth, I believe, is going to happen this year and next year. They're saying interest rates are going up. One minute they're saying they're not going to go up. We got all kinds of stuff going on in the economy, all kinds of stuff going on in the world. Everybody just divided. All these things mean theoretical blood in the streets, okay? So be paying attention and start looking at, this is the time to start walking properties, to get out there, roll up your sleeves, start talking to people, start letting people know what you do. And you might think, what do I do? Well, if you're a guy or girl that wants to invest in cash flowing assets, you want to buy multifamily real estate or single family real estate, then every person that you come across should know that because they're not going to come knocking on your door saying, hey, I thought I, I heard you might like to buy an RV park. Nope. You're going to have to put the word out there to the masses, put it out to the forces to be or whatever you want to say, whatever you want to call it, that, hey, I'm a player. I'm looking to buy. I don't care if you walk out there and say, I want to buy 500 units this year. Nothing wrong with that. Now, if you're buying, if you want to say you want to buy 500 units this year, and let me give you an example here, and let's say, I don't know, you don't have a job. Does that mean you can't buy 500 units? No, not at all. It just means that you need to align yourself with people that have intentions also of buying at least 500 units and figure out a way you can add value to them, okay? What you can do to jump into the mix to make things happen. Now, I think to myself a lot, I think I kind of, I read a lot of books. I'm really tearing the books up and read a lot of psychology books and marketing books and different things about uh, math and finance and economies and all these different things. And I started thinking about the differences between people my age and for the record, I'm uh, what they call a uh, Gen X child, right? So I was born in 1970. I'm 51 years old. And I definitely have a different mindset than my daughters. I've got one that's in her mid-20s and one in her early 20s. They're more uh, the, I believe it's uh, the millennial, Gen Y, whatever. But I think to myself, how is it my one daughter makes crazy money she works at Costco and she's in college. She's well, she's in, in the middle between her her bachelor's and her master's degree, but um, she's in college. She's working at Costco and she's worked there for I don't know, a couple five six years. And she's a smart girl. She's smart. She's beautiful. She's nothing that, that can stop her. But she doesn't have like a, a overwhelmingly tough job. I mean, she works at Costco. She works in food service there, and she has cashiered and stocked and kind of done a little bit of everything. And she makes great money. She makes probably more than double that I made when I was her age. Now, by the time I was 26, I was already out of the army. I'd done my, my service and uh, I was a civilian and I was working in law enforcement and security and all that kind of stuff. And that was before I got into car sales. She was absolutely crushing it. Uh, just making great money at, 26. And I mean, literally she's making now more than double. And that's not just inflation or the change of the economy or the spending double. It's just things have changed, right? Things have changed. And I started thinking to myself, what's the difference, right? Why is it? I meet people all the time. I met a guy, uh, 
couple months back. And that's the cool thing about Key West. You just meet so many different people from so many different walks of life. And this guy is a, a guy that builds mining software for cryptocurrencies. And he does quite well for himself. Now, we didn't get down to exact numbers or whatnot, but you know, you talk to people in conversation, and let's be honest, I'm former law enforcement, so I have a pretty good way of, pretty good understanding on how to talk to people to get questions I want to know answered. And the, the conversation lent itself to guys doing quite well. I mean, he didn't say I'm making a million dollars a year or anything like that, but he could tell the guy's got his act together. He's very articulate, very smart, um, traveled lots of places. He's not suffering. And I see online, I, when I was reading, when I was learning about uh, cryptocurrencies and whatnot, it's like, how do these kids, well, how do the 17-year-olds, 16-year-olds go out and short stocks? I still don't know how to short a stock. And I read about it and read about it, just doesn't click in my, in my old soft brain. What is the difference there? How is it I see kids all the time popping up online? This kid is, I get podcast interviews. Oh, this kid's 22 years old and he's got 68 units. I'm thinking, wow, at 22 years old, I was still trying to figure out how to pay my rent, let alone having 68 units. And I realized that the kid's probably a syndicator or part of a syndication and he really doesn't own 68 units himself. He's maybe a, a little investor in something or maybe he invests with Grant Cardone and one of those crowdfunding things and now he can tell himself that he's got 68 units or maybe he's got 68 units. Maybe he's really got 68 units, entirely possible. So as I start digging into this stuff, it's like, yeah, a lot of these kids, young guys, girls, they are absolutely killing it. They're doing 10x, pardon the pun, better than anybody that I know in my age group. I shouldn't say that because I don't hang around with deadbeats, but a lot of people I know aren't even close to these kids. And these kids are still, I'm trying to think my, where my mindset was when I was 21 to 26 or under 30. I was an idiot. I mean, I was a slap idiot. It's amazing that I could even drive a car. I pretty much thought, now looking back on it, I just did some dumb shit back then. I really did. Oh my God, I have a PhD in dumb shit. Dated all the wrong women, did all the wrong, all this, just made all the worst decisions I could possibly make for myself. I was like, wow. Now I've got my act together and I'm doing well and I've been doing well for many, many years. And I credit myself for having all this life experience, right? Being 51 years old, been in the real estate space for over 20 years. I've done more deals than I could shake a stick at. And I've done all these things, and I credit, I credit that experience, that life experience, my network to my success. And then I, when I compare myself to a 22-year-old who, frankly, makes more than I do, I think, well, he doesn't have any of that. What's the difference? Well, the difference is, is that in his generation, he wasn't really raised to think about consequences. See, kids these days, we all know it, all of us that are my age group, y'all look at these kids acting a fool. Sometimes at the supermarket, you go, yeah, I wish the parent would take that kid out back and beat their ass because that's what our parents all did to us, right? It wasn't child abuse back then. It was tighten your ass up, Jimmy, or we're going to put our foot in your ass. That's just how things were back in the day. But kids these days are not taught consequence. I see kids, you know, and I say kids, I mean little kids under 10 acting like animals these days. And because parents don't teach them any consequences, because they can just keep acting up and acting up and acting up. Mom says, Jimmy, if you don't stop, I'm going to spank you. And he looks at her going, bitch, please. I see this stuff all the time because, you know, Key West is a tourist destination. All you got to do for entertainment, go down to Duval Street, find a place to hang out, watch people walk by. You see kids acting obnoxious. I mean, they are just hellions. I'm thinking, oh, my God, if my kids were like that, they'd both be dead. But. The f interesting concept here, the it's not even a concept, it's fact. The interesting thing I see is that the former Jimmy the Hellion kid 
is also the kid that breaks out as some dot-com millionaire or some cryptocurrency billionaire, and they're just out there kicking ass and taking names as adults. So what's the difference? My parents taught me to get my get my ass out of bed early and get to work and, and do the right thing and don't lie, cheat, and steal, and your reputation is everything, and your handshake is your word, and a man opens a door for a lady, and that's how I was raised. I mean, I still believe that to this day. But the kids these days are not taught these same values, frankly. I wonder if people today have any values half the time. That's a conversation for another another whole other podcast. And I don't mean podcast episode. I mean different podcast. But these kids are still, nonetheless, they're out there killing it. They're crushing it. And the difference is, is they're not taught to think about consequences, I just said. So what's left? If you don't think about the worst that can happen, you start thinking about the possibilities. So let's flip that. Instead of thinking about consequences, let's think about possibilities. Now, I'm going to say this as a big fat disclaimer. That's not Uncle Tyler giving you permission to go out and buy crappy deals. Okay. That's not mean you're going to go out to the hood and buy some total shithole that's missing its roof and has a crack whore in it and it's on fire for 10, for 10 grand thinking you're going to sell it for two forty nine nine because the wholesaler talked about ARV. It's not what we're talking about. That also means you shouldn't be out there doing deals and trying to bring other people's money in, especially when you have no idea what the hell you're doing as far as working with people and raising money and whatnot. I'm not saying there's honor. And and the other thing is don't give people, don't believe there's honor in unit count because I know lots of syndicators right now that are absolutely in deep trouble, deep trouble because they overshot themselves. They were too lofty in their, their projections. And frankly, the investing public has these demands. I want to see such and such a return. So that automatically makes people push it, the envelope a little bit, push it, push it, push it. Well, I'm not going to invest anything unless I see an 18% return. You very well can, can see an 18% return, but if the guy guarantees it, you better run for the hills because that's a very dangerous situation. Don't get into it. Now, here I am telling you this, and I'm also telling you don't focus on so much on the consequences, focus on the possibilities. Look at these deals, guys. Look at these deals. I've looked at deals lately. I've sat through underwriting, and I'm seeing their projections. And, man, they're being very conservative, which is good. That's refreshing. I like to see that. Um, I like to see that they're leaving some meat on the bone. And the beauty of that is is that if they if they simply do what they say they're going to do, which in a lot of cases, most cases, at least with the bigger deals, the syndicators follow through and do what they're supposed to do. I mean, there's obviously examples where that's not going to happen. Those are usually the people that don't have any track record, don't have any experience and don't have much of a team or they get nickel dined to death by having all these celebrity uh, sponsors in the deal. Uh, those deals generally won't, won't all work out like as planned. Right. But the guy and girl that's out there putting things together that makes sense. And they're underwriting conservatively. They're going to make exponential windfall profits. And if you're in that fund or that syndicate, you're going to do quite well with them. So think about it. There comes a point during the process where you're going to hear the pitch. You're going to hear the person tell you what they got and what they're going to do. And you're going to have to make a decision. Yes, no, or indifferent. And there's a reason why airplanes don't have mirrors, right? It's because if you look back on, maybe you did a a bad deal and you just bought the wrong house or you got caught up in the whole 2008 crisis or, or all that. And maybe you got a stain on your on your brain about things that have went wrong in your world in real estate. Maybe you were raised with a maybe you weren't raised with a money mindset. I know I wasn't, right? I was not raised with a money mindset. I had to develop that over time and that took time. 
But don't let fear of the consequences when you can't articulate those consequences intelligently. Don't let that fear keep you out of getting your money moving or doing a deal. What do I mean by that? Well, I've talked to people that are like, well, yeah, I'm, I'm gung-ho, I'm gung-ho, I'm gung-ho. And I've had these people over the years. And then when it comes time to pull the trigger, they panic and they're like, I'm going to wait. Or I got to talk to my wife or my cat psychologist. And it's like, wow, that's unfortunate. Now they usually wind up, here's how, here's how the rest of the game plays out. I go do the deal without them because they're not the only person I'm talking to. I've built a network over the last 20 years. And that's why that's, I do that for that reason, because there's a lot of people out there that say they're going to do one thing and do something else. They say, oh yeah, I'm all set to go. I'm ready to go this week. And then when it comes time, they're like, oh, uh, let's do it in a couple of weeks. I got to talk to my mom. I got to talk to my wife, whatever it may be, right? So those of you out there raising money, first of all, you should have all the decision makers on the phone, okay? Don't sit there and believe a commitment from a guy whose spouse, if he's married, does not, is not included in the situation because his other half uh, or her other half is probably going to have a say. And that can lead to a big fat no because they haven't heard everything that he or she heard, which can make your deal go away. So they're going to start thinking about consequences. They're going to go down the consequence road. But instead, if you're sitting there, if you're focused on the opportunity, and by opportunity, I don't mean, don't think you're going to pull money out of thin air. You're not going to be able to buy a, a, a class B apartment and raise it to a class A and raise the rents by 900 bucks. If you're in South Memphis, it's just not going to happen. Realistically, you're going to be able to raise rent by a few percentage points if you're going to keep the tenants in place. And if somebody sits there and tells you they're going to do massive rent increases in a short period of time, the question you should be asking is, well, what happens if everybody leaves? Because that's highly likely. And they should have a pretty good answer. Now, sometimes that's by design. I'll tell you, when I, if I'm going to convert a property, like here in Key West is a good example, there are properties that have transient licenses that are simply not being used. They're being rented as long-term apartments. So if we wind up buying one of these multifamily assets that has a transient license that's not being used, I'm going to raise the rents and I'm going to raise the rents because I know people will leave. That is a, by design, I'm going to give them notice and plenty of notice so they can find a place to live. Um, we're not going to buy a bad deal just to buy anything, but we're going to intentionally raise the rents because we want to replace the tenant with a different type of tenant. That said, if the rent increases are going to go up, um, they should have a good plan. For us, it's we're going to change the dynamic of who we're renting to. We're looking for, we found a, a niche audience that we're going to talk about in the webinar uh, that we're going to be renting to. And when I say niche, it's a pretty popular element that I can tell you the other folks are not focused on. So I'm going to be initially the only game in town. I'm sure people are going to pick up pretty darn quick what we're up to, and then we're going to have other people mimicking it. But the other beautiful thing about Key West is there is no available rental housing here. So people don't have much to choose from. And I looked at some real rattles uh, when we were looking for an apartment ourselves, my wife and I just recently, when we were moving from one place to the other, because our lease expired, uh, there's not, I won't, I'm not going to have any real competition in the marketplace early on. People are going to catch on and then I'm going to have stiff competition. By the, by the time that all gets going, we'll be ready to exit these assets anyway. But I'm not thinking about, you see, I can sit there and focus on, oh my God, other people are going to get up and get my, our idea, which has been well proven in other markets. It just hasn't been done here yet. Um, and that's just because nobody's figured it out, but, or executed, I should say, because they're already getting paid handsomely 
So why take more? Well, why take more is because I'm a greedy capitalist pig and I'm taking a few of my select friends with me uh, all the way to, to the pile of gold. That's at least my goal. That's what we're going for. So I can sit there and focus on the consequences. Oh, geez, what happens if it doesn't work out the way I planned? Well, if it doesn't work out the way I planned, we still have a cash flowing asset that is performing because I'm not going to buy a dump that's not performing. I'm not going to buy something that, that starts out as a loss unless I'm convinced I can make rapid, swift, if you will, changes that will exponentially raise the cash flow. Now, when you're doing these deals, guys, start looking, not don't look so much at the asking price. That doesn't really matter at this early junction. I've said this a couple of weeks ago. Instead, focus on what can you do? What changes can you make reasonably to increase that cash flow? Can you change the type of tenant you rent to? Can you change the the use? Let's say it's a, um, let's say it's an old warehouse. And this is some a cool trend I saw up in New England when I lived up there years ago. Is they would take old mills like uh, grain mills and grist mills and sawmills and all this stuff, and they actually would spend the money and turn these into apartments, multifamily housing, lofts, whatnot. A lot of factories and things like that got converted into lofts, and they turned out gorgeous. I mean, they made beautiful apartments. And they went from an abandoned toxic waste dump, basically, to a Class A apartment that was setting the bar on the highest rents in the entire area. I mean, these people were collecting New York City rents in Providence, Rhode Island. It was unbelievable. Uh, But they changed the use of these properties. There's a massive change of use in these properties. And they did a beautiful job when they did it. And these properties now have been, you know, they've done the renovations. They've... They went through an owner cycle, seven, six, seven years, whatever, five years. These properties have been sold also as class A assets and they do so well. They don't even really need any value add. The only issues they've had to fix is not with the buildings because they're essentially new construction in an old skeleton. They just discovered they have some management issues. You know, the heads don't line up right when you change from one ownership to another and the managers have to leave and there's a little bit of hiccup there. Maybe somebody leaves or I don't know, maybe COVID come up and something happened there. But these are the ways that a lot of people are doing value add right now in this type of special use. And that's a lot of what we're seeing here in Key West is there's all this opportunity and it's just ripe for the picking. So we're excited. And speaking of which, if you haven't registered for the webinar yet, you need to. You need to head over to keywestcashflow.com, keywestcashflow.com. Now, if you want to buy one of these short-term rentals, you want to get on the conversation uh, as your own, you want to do it by yourself and you want to uh be your own boss or be your own investor rather, and you don't want a partner, I totally understand that's cool. Then you need to head over to keywestrealtor.com. Keywestrealtor.com is my website for my the realtor side of my business. And reach out to me and we'll schedule a time to, to get on the phone and talk about what opportunities exist down here. Maybe you want a second home for your family and you'd prefer somebody else besides you pay for it. We can have that arranged. I've got some great stuff coming up. I'm going to be talking to you guys about it. You're going to love it where you can basically get a house paid for. Uh, if you can come up with a down a stroke, uh, you will make a huge, huge uh, chunk of the cost of ownership back, right? And how much you make and whether you profit or not really depends on how much you use the asset. Don't come down here eight, eight months out of the year and expect the locals to rent this place for four months or you know, a local property manager to get you four months of vacation rental and that's going to cover the cost of the house. It's not going to happen. But... If you're the type of person that can take a month or two out of the year, come down and enjoy yourself, maybe a few weeks here and there, and then let the thing make money the rest of the year, you're going to be kind of shocked about the possibility. Now, realistically, 
talking about jumbo loans, right? You're gonna these properties are starting in the six hundred thousand range. These if you're doing this like a single family, you're gonna be in the low side of of six hundred, which is really low. Six hundred means you're gonna need some rehab um, if you're in Key West anyway. And frankly, if you're gonna do vacation rental, Key West or Marathon are the two cities that you want to be focusing on. But uh, tons of opportunity, guys. Lots of stuff going on down here. I, I, it's been a while since I've talked to a lot of you. I am still doing the free calls. I had some technical issues last week, and uh, I was up at the cabin, and I had no signal. And, and I went to town, and there was no signal in town, which is rare. But um, I'm I'm back here in Key West. I'm back at the saddle again. It's January 13th, and I'm excited, and I can't wait to get to talk to you guys. So hopefully we'll catch you over at keywestcashflow.com. Uh, look forward to talking to you guys soon. And as always, if you have questions, you can email me directly at info at cashflowguys.com it's info at cashflowguys.com or there's things in the podcast you want to hear about different topics there's things that you don't have the answers to you need you need some help getting the stuff researched or maybe you want to talk about a deal or how to pitch a seller or how to raise private capital then you need to reach out you go to info at cashflowguys.com drop me an email and we'll see what we can do to help you out so guys i really hope you had a good a good week i hope you had a good christmas holiday if you're not christmas if you're not cat or uh, if you're jewish maybe you had a good happy hanukkah or one of the other religions either way have amazing 2022 look forward to talking to you next week this concludes today's episode you don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.